When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We need to decide now how many spoilers we're going to give Ryan for the uh, show. Oh, are you, are you talking about Lost? Yeah. Yeah, please just give me all the spoilers because yeah. there's no way I'm watching the rest of the show. What? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, shoot. Because there's, like there's like every chance I'm watching the rest of the show now. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll not spoil. We'll, we won't go heavy spoilers just in case anyone's watching this who has only okay, seen perfect. the pilot. But, okay. Okay. No, we can't. I'm very disappointed. Wait, 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 wait to start off my birthday. Very. To be fair, that was the opposite of what I yeah. thought the best birthday present was. What I thought Ryan's best birthday present was going to be is, Alan, not only did I watch the first two episodes of Lost, I'm actually done with the first season and cannot no. wait to keep no. going. No, 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 no. That's no, no, what no, I thought no. the birthday present no, was. No, 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 no. I froze before I could actually, like, do this. My, my birthday present to Alan is giving him the ability of doing something that he loves doing, which is defending Lost. I... <laughs> Let's go. See I what I mean? Up... See what I'm I gonna mean? I'm going to end up defending it too, though. Like, I'm going to be on Alan's side. This is going to be a weirdly unbalanced podcast. Let's talk about movies. Everybody. Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. <laughs> and today, it's my birthday. Happy birthday! Happy oh, birthday. thanks, guys. You, did, you didn't have to. Uh, we no, did. today we're talking, it, it is my birthday. Um, so I decided I'm going to pick whatever I want to watch for the show. And so I picked the pilot episode of Lost uh, that Ryan had never seen, but Devin and I have seen. Uh, and it's also Devin's birthday on Friday, so it is. happy birthday, Devin! Oh, thanks, man. I, if you're listening, I, if you're listening to this uh, on Friday, uh, wish Devin a happy birthday. That would be incredible. So, Please do, because I'm gonna be having it. I'm gonna be having a day. I'm not ready to turn 34 yet. Yeah. Um, no. Ryan's birthday is not until June, which is why we made him watch Lost. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Poor Ryan. Yeah, but before we get into that, this is the part of the show where we usually talk about things that we watched in the past week. Uh, we didn't have much, but there is some uh, breaking movie news that we want to talk about. We're going to talk about the Oscar nominations for a bit. Uh, Oscar nominations came out yesterday, and I tried watching them live, but I wasn't able to catch them all. Uh, Devin, you watched them live, correct? I did, and it definitely wasn't during work hours. Definitely not. I was risk when no, I watched him live. It was great. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of get a pass with that at work because. It's uh, like your we, job, right? Kind of. We, we definitely ended up talking about it in one of the classes as people were filtering in, like just talking about the, uh, the nominations. Um, I, I can't wait to hear your guys' take on it. I really can't. What, what do we want to, what jumps out to you guys? I'll, 
Like I, I know before the show, like at the beginning of the show here, you guys were talking about Godzilla. Godzilla minus one got some nominations. It did. What did it get nominated for? I effects. believe. Yeah, effects. Um, let me scroll down here. Okay, so, okay, can we talk about effects actually? Because yes. for best visual effect, we have the creator, Godzilla minus one, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, and Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Immediately, my mind goes no to Napoleon, no to the creator because I don't know what it is. No to Guardians Three and no to Mission Impossible. I've the only one I've seen on this is Guardians Three, but okay. I don't know that Guardians Three did anything that any Marvel didn't do, and Gu- Napoleon. Okay, he, I I will I will defend the creator here for a second. The creator was my, one of my favorite movies of last year, um, and I think the visual effects in this are for for the budget the film had, they are phenomenal. It's a lower budget, um, shot on uh, different ca- like not cinema grade cameras, but like consumer like more consumer pro consumer grade cameras it looks phenomenal um and the special the the visual effects in it are fantastic i have not seen godzilla minus one i'll agree with you on napoleon mission impossible and guardians like there's nothing nothing there that really wows me uh i'm more i was more impressed with the poster of guardians 3 in my light box than i was the visual effects of guardians (laughs) But at the same time, there's a lot of rocket in that. So I can see Guardians getting it for, for Rocket Raccoon. Um, but I, I my, my pick for this one is probably the creator. I have not seen Godzilla Minus One, though. So Okay, so I've seen Godzilla Minus One. I've seen the creator. Not seen any of the other ones. Um, it really, to me, and I know the awards, the, I don't know how 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 they do it but i would like to between the creator and godzilla minus one whichever one had 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 the smallest budget should get the award that's how i see it um i would like godzilla minus one to get it but if the creator was dealing with a smaller budget than that then yeah like for what they were able to pull off, def, uh, def, definitely, because I know the numbers for Godzilla, uh, the official numbers for Godzilla minus one has not come out yet, as far as I know, mm, because originally it was make. supposed to be under like 15 million. But then the, 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 the director was like, I wish I had that much. So we wow. don't know. We don't know what their official budget was. Um, the creator had a budget of 80 million dollars. Oh wow! Then, so. based on what I said, it would be Godzilla minus one. <laughs> yeah, but the creator was amazing, Devin. You'll love it. That was I that yeah. think anyway. Yeah, that was almost really my good. pick for my birthday. Like that was that's, that, and that's that's high yeah. praise. The creator's really um, good. Uh, yeah, man, good quote. Yeah, I. Um, yeah. Did you guys have any other categories that like jumped out at you, where it was like? Because, I mean, we have to talk about the big four, right? The best actor, best actress, and then yeah, uh, the the best movie and the best animated feature film. That one's a big one for me, personally, in my heart. But did any of the other ones jump out at you? The only ones I saw were the ones you sent to the group chat because I didn't even know that's how they were announcing them this year. <laughs> so, hold on. Was this announcement new that they were announcing them live with Jack Wade? No. No, no they've, okay. they, they've done that before. They'll do it during 
Good Morning America. So when you watch it live, that when they take the breaks, uh, it's because they're doing commentary on Good Morning America about what what what's going on with the nominations. Is that what those breaks were? Yep. Weird. Okay, now I get it. I was like, what are they pausing for? They're just like saying names. Like they don't need to like rest yeah. between these things. To get commercial yeah, breaks in, some... commercial breaks, and you know anything that makes them money. Uh, one of yeah. the one of the big nominations that stood out to me was uh, a record a record breaker. Uh, John Williams is direct was nominated for uh, his score for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And if John Williams doesn't win, I'm going to riot. Do you okay? So I have only seen of this list. So it's American Fiction, Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. I've only seen Indiana Jones and Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't remember any of the the score to Killers of a Flower Moon, if I'm being entirely honest. And I know that the Indiana Jones theme pops up in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So, like, this whole category, I went, I guess Oppenheimer? For me... I'm what I I don't usually like this, but if John if this is the last John Williams score ever, mm. like if he's retired, if he's actually going to retire, like he keeps threatening, then give it to him. Yeah. Um, uh, that's that's my thought. Um, thank you to everyone in the chat wishing me a happy birthday. Oh, um, thanks, chat. Uh, and then the create was the creator the from the director of Rogue One. Yes, it was. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, it was that one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, in my mind, I've mixed up the creator and the artist. I believe the silent movie one. Yeah. I I have those. So when you said creator, I thought artist. Don't worry about it. I'm You're having good. a day. You're good. Um, <laughs> so do we want to jump into the big three? We gotta. All right. So let's start with uh, let's start with best actor. Um, so we've got Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Um, I've heard good things. I haven't seen any of these. I. I you haven't seen Oppenheimer yet? No, okay. I'm waiting for you to make me watch okay. it. Well, I think when we do that, we're doing Barmanheimer. We're doing both in one episode. We gotta, we gotta um, do it. I've heard good. Th- I've only that's the only one I've seen is Oppenheimer. I will plan on watching uh, more of them, but I've heard good things mm-hmm. about Paul Giamatti in the holdovers. He won for the Golden Globe. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard. I've seen great things about Jeffrey Wright in American fiction, which I'm excited to check out as well. Um, Ryan, any thoughts on any of these? Oppenheimer. Okay. Cause I haven't seen any, I haven't seen any of them. Yeah. Well, so, I heard, I mean, <laughs> I heard an interview with Carrie Mulligan who plays opposite Bradley Cooper and Maestro. Uh, she was on one of the podcasts I listened to, and she made me really interested in that movie because of apparently how deep Bradley Cooper got into that role. Oh, like, yeah. Apparently, apparently he got like way, way, way into it and was like, when we're on a call, you only refer to me by my like my name or my he, character's name or something. He, 
Well, he also spent seven years learning to conduct music. What? Yeah. So like 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 the the me- method acting stuff is what it is. But to mm-hmm. put seven years into learning a skill like that, I'll give you props for that. Like that's that's worthy. That's incredible. Of, like that that's worthy of a nomination, if not a uh, win. Um, you know if if this acting thing doesn't work out for him, he always has something now to fall back on. You can fall back on conductor. I mean, he's also he's also the director of my Maestro. So, Maestro. So, well, um, if that doesn't work out either, he he has something else to fall back on. <laughs> I, is it good? Have you guys heard anything about Maestro? I when when I went out to Jer- New Jersey for the holidays, my aunt and uncle were going to sit down and watch it after I, we left. Of and course, I, like, they I, were. Need, I need to I need to check it out. But they had heard good things. So, oh yeah. I haven't seen it yet. It's on Netflix. It's I'm going. I'm going to do what I always do and watch all of the Best Picture nominees. I really want to do that that's, this year. That's, really. that's my challenge. Um, we may not do them all on the show, but mm-hmm. um, let's talk about leading actress, actress in the leading role. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Annette Bening in Nyad, Lily Gladstone in Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Holler in Anatomy of a Fall. Carrie Mulligan and Maestro and Emma Stone and Poor Things. I've only seen Killers of the Flower Moon. So. I mean, listen, it's going to be Lily Gladstone. It's going to be Lily Gladstone or I Riot. I, 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 I think the big news from this category is the yep. omission, which is a lot of people expected Margot Robbie to get nominated for Barbie, and she did not. Um, is there a limit on how many nominations there can be? They do five. They do five okay. nominations. Okay. I don't know. Cause I love what Margot Robbie did with Barbie. And I mm-hmm. think that what I'm worried about is that people are taking it as like a, Oh, it's too like superficial of a role or it's not like a deep enough role. Like someone playing Barbie can't give an, a deep performance, but I really think she does. I don't know. I like her I, performance in here. I, I think the, the 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 weird thing that comes out of that story is she didn't get nominated for it, but Ryan Gosling got nominated for Ken yeah. for a supporting yeah. actor, um, which is very, very interesting. Well, my favorite um, take on that is that's literally the plot of the Barbie movie. That Ken I mean, that's what I said when I messaged. I mean, that's yeah. what I said uh, is when you sent it. And to be honest, now that I've heard who the nominees are for best actress. Mm-hmm. I feel like, what, what, what is it? Pretty things. Poor, Poor things. things. Poor things. I really feel that it, I feel that that movie, not that it shouldn't be around, not that it shouldn't, you know, get the nominations that it's getting. I feel like that movie has kind of like sucked up the space that Barbie would have taken if it didn't like come out yet. That's not a bad a bad read on that, honestly. I yeah. can see that. Because that movie, didn't that movie recently come out? I mean, it's like... Poor Things? It came out yeah. um, in award season, so like November. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Um, I Yeah, like, if that movie would have been held, like, uh, maybe, like, a month and a half more before that it was officially released... I feel mm-hmm. like Barbie would be taking some of these spots that they weren't nominated for that Poor Things is in. 
That's a good read on that. I actually really like that. Um, because from the trailers I've seen, that movie seems to be a bit more like mainstream art art type film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why it's getting a lot of the nominations that it's in because of its style, not, you know. Well, I mean, again, I haven't seen it, so I'm, I'm just going to stop my thoughts on it. There. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so then the, the big category is the best picture. Uh, so the nominees for best picture are American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie. So Barbie did get nominated here. The Holdovers, nice. Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. I've seen this is three of these. So I've got seven to watch I've for seen, the Oscars. Yeah, I've seen two. I'm going for The Zone of Interest. That one is also on the best foreign film uh, list. And that makes me really curious that it also crossed over to Best Picture. I just randomly said one of the titles. I have no... Hold on, do you know what it's about? No idea. Give me no, one sentence. The Commandant of Auschwitz and his wife Hedwig strive to build a dream life for their family in a house and garden next to the camp. Okay, no, I take it back. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not Best Picture take it back. over it. Um, Sounds like a riot, guys. Oh, I, I mean, it might be back. a really good movie, but like, wow. No, that's too <laughs> close of a premise as the boy in the striped pajamas. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not yeah. doing. That. I, I have such a hard time knowing which one I want to win. Like, American Fiction doesn't come out until second of February here. Okay. So I can't watch it. In, I can't watch it in theaters yet. But I'm super curious about it. I think of this list, my favorite was Barbie. Like. If, if you're based on Devin's preferences, it's Barbie. I I don't know. Um, I really don't know. I, I need to watch more of them. I've heard good things about so many of these films that I'm going to have to sit yeah. down and watch them all. If, you, if you're new to You Have to Watch This Podcast, every year we do, um, we do an Oscars bet where we calculate – we, we each make our own ballots and then whoever whoever has the most wins at the end of the night wins the Oscar bet and gets to pick out whatever movie they want to do on the show. Uh, regardless of the no rule rules. of one of us is, has to have not seen it. We can do anything that we want when we win. Uh, who won last year? Was it you, Devin? Yeah. I won last year. What, what 100%. was your pick for your win for your I think I made us. Did I make us watch Jurassic Park? No. No. I made us. I made us watch some movie that we had all already seen because I wanted okay. to talk about it. I'll have to go back yeah. to our programming, but that was you know, that was my know, concessions. We've all seen it. I don't think we ever did do your Oscar win. Did we not do my Oscar win? I'm sure. we I don't did. think we did. I'm. I'm looking. Anyway, back. that that'll well. be that'll be our um, that'll be our Oscar bet this year. Is we will do the bet we should do a live stream again because one of the best things that happened yes. during the live stream last time we, we streamed the Oscars was we missed Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about his yeah. role. Yeah. Exactly all, like we happened. were talking mm-hmm. about other things and all you hear is Ryan's like, Oh, Chris Rock is on. And then a minute later we're like, wait, what happened? <laughs> um, 
I think we're yeah, really good at this, guys. The show. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to do a live stream again this year of the Oscars. Um, Dress up in our tuxes yes, again. Absolutely. Um, hmm. I'll be dressed the way I am now. <laughs> Your finest clothes. <laughs> That's. Those are the Oscar nominations. Okay. One, one more. One more I wanted to bring up quick. How do you guys feel about the animated, best animated feature film? We have Boy in the Huron, Elemental, Pneumonia, Nimona, Robot Dreams, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I know you've at least seen two of them collectively I between think... the two of you. I've seen one of them. <laughs> I, I, I liked Elemental. Yeah. Did you like it Oscar enough? Like, was it enough to win an Oscar? Based on the list that's there, I'm kind of surprised it's even on it. I mean, <laughs> I like the Spider-Man one. I liked Elemental. If I had to pick one, it would go to the Spider-Man uh, uh, movie. Um, mm -hmm. I just wish that... Uh... Those are the only two that I've seen. I don't mm -hmm. know anything about the other titles because the first time I'm hearing them. Mm. I'll put it to you this way. Which... Whichever movie is made for adults and not kids, I, I want to win. All right, that's fair. Because I want to start seeing more respect for the Into the Spider-Verse won it when yeah. it was nominated. I'm on board. I think um I don't know if a uh Across the Spider-Verse will, will win it this time. I think if anything the Boy and the Heron being uh the last film from that studio from the director yeah, it might bring it up to uh, up to the Miyazaki. Oscars. Okay. That's that's really my thing. Is I almost have the John Williams thing that you had. Is that if this is really Miyazaki's last movie, I think it deserves a win. Well then, yeah. Okay. I just looked up the movie. Now I know the one you're talking about. Oh yeah. And 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 I've seen stuff for this. So yeah. Uh, I'm I'm on board. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I mean, I. But also, so I looked up Nimona and I looked up Boy, uh, Robot Dreams. This is going to be super like subjective, but it's definitely an art style that they both have. That like Adventure Time has. That like Steven Universe has. Where like it's very kind of flat, not very shaded. There's like thick, heavy outlines on the characters, and it's really like a style that's been in vogue lately. That I it, it doesn't. I think works well in the TV format. I think is really difficult to work in a in a like oh, a feature length film format. They did that for a movie. They did that for two movies. Yeah, I'm looking at like I went to Google and I pulled up yeah. just Google images of it, and yeah. that's a movie and not a show. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's a show. I mean, maybe it's no. great. It's probably great, but like, yeah. the, it's the style for me. Like, I think that there um, is an artwork to animation. I'm off of my high horse now. Yeah. I want the other one to win. That's. Those are the Oscar nominations. Those are our, our brief thoughts on them. Um, yeah, stay tuned for our Oscar bet info, and we'll we'll post our ballots online as well. It'll it'll be a lot of fun. This is always yeah, a fun time excited. of year. Uh, I will be reporting back on which films I've watched as I watch them going mm -hmm. into the Oscars. But um, until then, Devin, it's Good. time to go back. Got to go back to the island. 
Yeah. So today, for my birthday, we were talking about the pilot episode. We gotta go back. Lost. We gotta go back. Two thousand premiered on September twenty second, two thousand and four, and I didn't need to look that up. I know it, um, because that plays a part in the show. Like that's the actual date of the plane crash. Um, yeah. The more you know. Um, this is directed by J.J. Abrams, written by J.J. Abrams, Damon Lindelof, and Carlton Cuse, um, starring Matthew Fox. Evangeline Lilly and Dominic Monaghan. Uh, Cause those seem to be the big three of the, of the pilots. So uh, this is an ensemble show that featured yeah. a, a, a huge ensemble cast that lived in Hawaii for six years. Um, this is a show that I remember watching when it premiered in 2004. Um this is one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, I, I watched it from the the week it premiered. I don't think I w- watched it open like the first night, but I caught the reruns on on the weekend. I was like, oh yeah, I wanted to watch that. And then from that point on, every Wednesday I was watching Lost. Like it was appointment television. I would record episodes. Like this is what started me on my journey of fandom. Because there, this was a show that dealt with a lot of mystery and uh, lore and a lot of things that you you had to like put the pieces together and build theories for. And uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe I introduced this show to Devin as well. Yeah. You absolutely did. So uh, my my introduction to Lost was one day it was some band camp at some point in time. You had brought the DVD of one of the seasons and you were watching it over lunch. And I like walked in on you guys watching it over lunch in the band room and went, what is this? And you go, oh, this that, is lost. That's I need to watch the show. I remember it. And I watched a little bit of it and went, I, I, watch it. I have a different version of this. My, my, this, this version will probably I, entertain Ryan. Tell, tell me where, um, tell, tell me. My tell version me. of making you watch the first episodes of Lost was I was hanging out at your house. <laughs> and for some reason I had either you got them or we went there mm-hmm. together but I had the first two discs of the, of the first season from blockbuster. And I remember watching them in your dad's basement. (gasps) We did get them from blockbuster. It was between, we alternated between lost and playing star Wars battlefront two on Xbox. And I remember it was on Xbox because you had the DLC skins that you (laughs) in maps that you couldn't get on PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you download like on rudimentary Xbox uh, Live. So I introduced. Yeah, I remember this. Show in yep. 2004. Okay. Ryan, you're right. I did not know That's you it. in 2004, 2005. Uh, Ryan, you, you had never seen this show before, correct? What was you? What has been your perception of Lost? Nope. Well. You two are the first people that I've met that I okay. have like a somewhat of a close friendship with that actually mm-hmm. like the show. Everyone else that I've ever really known, um, all have always talked about Lost okay. 
the same way people talk about um, Game of Thrones. So, Expand on it just a okay. little bit. Um, show starts off great, a lot of mer- uh, mystery, a lot of characters. Eventually, the show um, de- uh, deludes into more about personal relationships and character growth and leaves all of the... and. Uh, and it doesn't leave all of the mystery behind, but it leaves certain aspects of the mystery behind, um, and becomes too cryptic with it, and then fo- uh, and then just slowly turns away from what a lot of the people who I knew or know what they liked about the show. The show turned away from, so uh, they did too. Okay, that is an interesting take. I want to get into that a little later, but that's it an is. interesting it, take. So what we're going to do is we're not going to we're going to avoid spoilers for most of the most of this review. Uh, we're going to focus on the first two episodes of Lost, which are pilot part one and two, which is just the standard industry title of a show like this is pilot, but also kind of works in the sense of the it show uh, because it's the only time where you get to see the pilot of the plane Oceanic eight eight one five. Um. So impressed you just know this. I, I I just watched these episodes too. I don't remember Oceanic eight one five. Oceanic eight fifteen, yeah. Fight eight eight fifteen. Um wow. uh, so yeah, uh if you don't if you're not familiar with the show Lost, uh in the pilot episode, Oceanic Fight eight fifteen crashes on an island in the in the Pacific. Uh the survivors um find the, the, the cockpit and learn for a, a group of the survivors, find the, the pilot and he tells them they were a thousand miles off course when they crashed. So no one's going to be able to find them. And there's something in the jungle that no one knows about. Uh, that's part one of the pilot. Part two uh, is they find it. They take the transceiver from the, from the cockpit that they got from the pilot and take it further into the Island to try to send out a signal uh, the signal is being blocked because something is already broadcasting from the island. Uh, and what's being broadcast is a message in French saying they're all dead. Uh, send help. Uh, that has been playing on a loop for 16 years. That's pretty much the pilot in a nutshell. That's um, a good description. I... W- Devin, this is the—is uh, this the first time you've revisited the pilot since you watched Lost the first time? Absolutely. Okay, this is the third or fourth time I've watched it. Um, <laughs> what were what were your what did you think of the pilot revisiting it twenty years later? It was—I mean, I was of two minds. So, a, it was enjoyable the whole time. Like, don't for a second think that I didn't have a lot of fun going back to this pilot because it was great. But knowing as much as I know about this series, it was so fun to A, see these characters in this version of themselves because the characters progress so much throughout the entire show. But it's also... I also enjoyed pretending I didn't know what some of the twists were anymore, where they'd be like, there's something in the woods. And I'm like, what could it be? And like, I know what it is. I know it's in the woods fine or they're like yeah. what are the what does it mean in french that they're all dead and i'm like i don't know and of course i do but like in in my mind i kept thinking like how much fun i had with the mysteries of this show 
as they kept popping up and how he'll do like these. I mean, this is, I think, where J.J. Abram came up with that black box thing, right? And like he keeps doing like little versions of that where like even the opening shot, you get Jack laying down. Well, where is he? Why is he laying down like that? And then there's his dog. What is this dog? Why is he in the woods with a dog? And then he like slowly gets up and you're like, oh, why is he on a beach? And then like they slowly reveal the plane. You're like, what happened here? And like it's that slow trickle of like questions and answers I loved. I have a real question. quick, r- real quick. Yeah. I want to just acknowledge yeah. the chat and thank my sister for just commenting all of the numbers in the chat. Oh, oh. <laughs> well you. done. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, all right, Ryan, your question. Yeah, what's up? Okay, so I've always heard this about J.J. Abrams, about okay. the whole like black box or mystery box thing that he does with yeah. with his filming. And to be honest, Devin, your description of it makes me more curious about what exactly that is. Because I've seen the Star Wars mm. movies that he's done multiple times. People have said that he's done it in those films. You just described it, and I need to ask. Yeah. What is the J.J. Abrams mystery box, black box thing? He, okay, so... I'm trying. I wish I had watched his TED talk on this. He did. He did a TED talk on this. The mystery box is you will be presented with a mystery, and something is in that box, but you don't know what's in the box. Uh, the person telling the story knows, and the journey of the show is getting to find out what's in that box. So, in the instance of Star Wars, that's let's just look at the Force Awakens right now. You're presented with Ray on this planet. Uh, who has these? Uh, who's a good pilot? She's been a. Uh, she's been on Jakku her whole life. You don't know her background. You don't know who she is. She's from nowhere. Um, the mystery is who is Ray Skywalker? Why does she have this connection to the the to to uh, Luke and Anakin's lightsaber? Like what what is special about Ray? That's the mystery that J.J. Abrams sets up in The Force Awakens. Um, and it doesn't get explored later on because you had different filmmakers come in and not even JJ Abrams doesn't kind of really doesn't answer that the way he intended to. I think they changed it a lot. Um, the one thing I'll say about JJ Abrams and lost is he's not involved in the show that much. He directed the pilot. He directed a few episodes here and there, but he, after season three, uh, he, which he directed the premiere of, he wasn't very much involved. It was still a bad robot production and he mm-hmm. helped develop the show and develop the pilot. But at a certain point it became Damon Lindelof and Carlton Q's running the show. Like it was their show. So Damon Lindelof, if you don't know, is the, the uh, creator of the Watchmen series on HBO, the leftovers on HBO. Um, and also wrote Prometheus, Ryan. Okay. Um, okay. So J.J. Abrams was involved with the development of the show and producing it, but he wasn't very much involved with the show outside of the the initial pilot. What 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 they did in the writers' room is they wrote the the sh- the show bible about what is this show going to be about, and what are the mysteries, and what are, what are they going to be eventually. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that they set up in this pilot of. There's a monster in the woods, in, in the jungle. There's a polar bear on the island. 
I sound, I, I, I wanted to say, say something, but I just sound like Captain. I was like, why is Kirk climbing a mountain? Why is there a polar bear <laughs> in the on the island? Um, a lot of those things were developed, or or at least put on paper in the early stages of the, the development of this show, and then f- fleshed out as the show goes on. I think mm-hmm. one of the things that you don't get from these first two episodes is there are other people on the island. You do you get a little bit of that with the broadcast, but what, what why are there others on the island? Uh, I think was something that they, they're like, they're not alone on this island. Why? And that's something they developed over the first few seasons. Um, so does, does that answer your question about the mystery box? Like <laughs> there, there, there is, there's a mystery that the answer is known to the, the creators, but not the audience. And it's the journey of the, of the story is getting to that. So that, that mystery, like solving that mystery. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's how I always assumed the majority of everything has always been written. <laughs> no, it, it, and that's fair. But okay. So the thing is the thing, the thing with JJ Abrams, have you seen mission impossible three? Yes. That he directed the rabbit's foot. Okay. The device that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman wants in mission impossible three. Um, yes. I don't know why I'm doing this. It's like a USB drive. That's why I think I'm doing this. Um, yeah, about to say, yeah. They never tell you what's in that. Like you don't have to know what's in the, in the mystery box. The, the, the thing is like there, there is a mystery there that you, you can answer, but you don't have to, but it, it, it leaves the audience wondering like, what is this? Like it, it, that's what draws them in. Um, I will say, I think loss is a good job of solving most of the, the, the mysteries for you and the ones that people don't know they just don't go deep enough into the lore (laughs) i mean i i'm gonna put my foot down right now i i get my one of my biggest pet peeves about this show and i revisited my pet peeves list while i was watching this is i hate the people that go well they didn't answer the questions yes they do i'm sorry you didn't like the answers you got because everything gets an answer but whether or not you agree with this is the answer to this question is a whole other thing. Like, some of the answers to this show are of a scientific nature. Some of the I, answers to the show are of a spiritual nature, and that's okay. Watching the pilot again, I think mm-hmm. every question that is proposed in the pilot is answered on the show. Yeah. We, you learn why there's a polar bear. You learn mm-hmm. what the thing is in the woods. You learn about the French bo- broadcast. Um and there's a moment in the pilot that I always forget about uh, that kind of sums up the show in general, like the overarching mystery of the show and what is behind everything. There's a moment that Devin, do you know which moment I'm talking about? I have an idea, but you go ahead. I'll let you know if I was right or wrong. Yeah, you yeah. were right. Yeah. Uh, there's a moment with a character named John Locke, who you don't get to see much in the pilot, who's one of the most interesting characters on the show. Um, that kind of sets up like the, 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 the one is black, one is white. Mm-hmm. Um, the backgammon scene kind of sets up something that is explored in the show later on. Um, Ryan, I'm gonna have to send you JJ Abrams, Ted talk about mystery box to just, <laughs> just for you to, uh, to better understand. I hope I'm doing a good job of explaining it. Well, I think, um, I mean, cause 
it sounds like he took, I mean, as of right now, with the way that I'm processing it, I don't mean to make it sound like it's nothing. If I end up making it sound that way, I apologize. I'm, I'm looking it up it's, now so I, I can get it right. It, it, it's okay. It seriously sounds like he made up a name for something that had already existed. That's like 99% of made up names though. I mean, that's, I, I know, but like that phrase is like contributed to him. Well, what if we, okay. So what if I compare and contrast like a typical three act structure for you? Cause like, and I won't get too like movie theory. Right. But like, typically you start a movie with like a person in their element, right. Then an, yeah. an inciting incident happens where that person can no longer be the person they were prior to this right so but in, the in this movie. scenario mm-hmm. that thing that happens is like revolving around an object not even around an object around a mystery no. i but I, also, think I, I think i got, got it, it wrong i got it wrong okay okay um let me just make sure i can find this so i think J- it, yeah uh, okay yeah, so I, I i've got it wrong completely like ryan you are right oh like you, you it that is just what basic basic story <laughs> writing is and, and, and that's why i looked this up um what but the idea of the mystery box is to an unopened mystery box represents infinite possibilities infinite hope infinite potential um to jj abrams an unopened mystery box represents infinite possibility infinite hope infinite potential mystery is the catalyst of imagination the more important it's more important than knowledge and mystery boxes are in everything. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. The blank page is a mystery box waiting to be filled with spirit, thought and emotion. Going to the movies, watching the lights go down is a mystery box. Uh, one of the things that I was seeing here in another article is the thing is the mystery never gets solved. It's just infinite mystery. Like you end it with another mystery. Like you get an answer, but then there's another question like to keep the people involved in the show. Um, basic premise, uh, a, a, a jet <laughs> crashes on a tropical Island and the story follows the crash survivors. All sort of paranormal and insanity ensues. More questions are raised than answered. The last sentence is more important. Uh, more questions are raised and answered from one episode to the next. You always have lingering questions from one episode to the next. Unanswered questions get, are even bigger. Uh, and that's kind of what the show becomes. Uh, mm-hmm. Even into the final season. Um, but there are answers along the way. Um, so it's, I wanna... it's almost like compare and contrast Star Wars Episode Four to The Force Awakens, right? In Star Wars Episode Four, by the end of it... You know who the good guys are. You know who the bad guys are. You know, you know everything you need to know about them. There's no real lingering questions about, oh well, is Luke special in some way? Did anything happen? You just get a singular good story, and all of the relevant information is told to you. In The Force Awakens, J.J. Abrams specifically, he still gives you a story. He still gives you a start, a middle, and end. But he specifically picks a few things about the plot and goes, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I'm not gonna answer it. I'm just going to throw this out there. So what Ray's point is, it's not necessary for a movie structure to build those little things into it. You can still have a very good movie without these larger questions, but J.J. Abrams thinks that these little mysteries 
are the hook that brings you back and the thing that sparks the conversation afterwards. Okay. Did, did you just quote Blues Traveler? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, baby. <laughs> okay. So, the way that I enjoy entertainment, so yeah. this is not me saying that it's objectively bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that. This is just for me. That explains why I've never been able to put a pin in it, and now mm -hmm. I have. I've never been able to fully explain why J.J. Abrams stuff is very hit, hit or miss for me, and I think okay. I know why now. And it's because I like The Force Awakens. I really do. But I have a problem re-watching it because of those mystery box moments that never mm -hmm. really fully get answered later on. Yeah, I, 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 I get that. Because there, The Force Awakens had so much potential going forward and the it's almost like they took a lightsaber and just threw it off the cliff at cliff next one uh <laughs> well I mean, that's I, what the director of the second one said exactly what he did i mean he wanted I, a scene i'm aware to, i'm aware yeah. um, i love it i i, I want to apologize uh. to, to ryan because i i realized i did a disservice to you ryan that i did not do that you devin was given an opportunity that you were not when I first made him watch this show. Uh, so when I watched this show for the, sh for the podcast, I started watching it on Amazon and then the commercials came on in a, in a bad spot and interrupted Michael Giacchino's score. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm not. Why am I doing this? I own it on DVD. So I put in the DVDs. I'm going to read off Devin. I'm going to read off the first four episodes of this show. Uh, outside of the okay. pilot. The other two episodes on the first disc of the show are Tabula Rasa, which mm -hmm. deals with uh, Jack uh, helping the, the, the U.S. Marshal who's injured. Um, mm -hmm. And like some flashbacks of, of him and his dad. And then mm -hmm. episode four is titled Walkabout. Uh, Walkabout is the John Locke uh, episode that introduces that you to John Locke and was the moment of the show where I'm like, I need to watch the rest of this. I need to know what's going on. Like that, like outside of the pilot, that's the episode that I'm like, Oh wow. S weird stuff is going on on this Island. Um, so Ryan, I, I would implore you to watch, even if you don't watch Tabula Rasa, watch episode four, walkabout because i'm very interested to get your take on that because uh, it's one of the best twists in television history in my opinion and i've watched a lot of television uh <laughs> i mean and, and they hint at it right when when john Locke is sitting with oh i can't remember his name walt, walt. and he goes he goes want to know a secret and then it cuts away and like old me was like oh what is this secret i know what a secret is yeah um that's what his secret is, and it's it's really really interesting, and it makes me like that character. I'm actually curious, Ryan. What was your take on John Locke? He was the old guy playing backgammon on the beach, and he also was the one that smiled with the orange. In like a yeah, week. so I know that later on in the show, he's a much bigger. Uh, uh, he's more important. Yeah, he becomes much more of kind of a main character, mm -hmm. like later on throughout the show. Mm -hmm. Um. So since I knew that and how much they were showing him, I was just like, they're teasing someone they're going to bring about later. <laughs> gotcha. That's seriously what I thought. Okay. I mean, I mean, to be honest, I really did like the orange peel moment. 
Yeah. And I thought that the woman's reaction to that was very like, like if I was him and I did the orange peel thing and I saw her reaction, I'd be like, okay, screw you then and walk away, which is pretty much what he did. I think. <laughs> yeah. Kinda. Um, and yeah. So, I mean, there were definite moments where I, sorry, I, I, I dropped the thing that I was <laughs> playing with in my hand. Um, so the, uh, like, that's kind of how I took that. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. she's just not, she needs to, I mean, granted, I know that they all just survived a plane crash and they're <laughs> probably like seeing, you know, like body parts on the beach. So they're probably not in the right headspace. but like, you know, like you look over and like a moment like that, it's just one of those moments of just like ridiculousness. Like, you know, like you just stole the, the boots off um is off a corpse and you look up and there's some guy staring at you and he smiles and there's an orange peel i mean (laughs) you gotta laugh (laughs) (laughs) Did, Um, did anyone stand out to you guys so one of my favorite parts of this was revisiting these characters that i i love i love all of these characters and for very different reasons but like alan was there anybody special that you were like oh this person again and ryan did anybody at all stand out to be like i want to know what their deal is a little bit more like even if it's yeah, just i'll yeah, ask yeah. you off the podcast yeah no there was someone yeah. that i was really interested in and he's not going to be another and he's not going to be in the rest of the show so what? i mean who is it the pilot yeah <laughs> like i was gonna say who's not <laughs> who gets introduced that's not gonna be I, really <laughs> I, I thought you were like it's vincent it's the dog yeah no not the dog <laughs> i wouldn't be so quick to say that the pilot doesn't show up yeah, on the show again. don't you be so quick to judge ryan oh is that you, mr you smoke n- no <laughs> What, <laughs> Mister S- S- Smoke? What does Smoke have to do with Lost at all? You, you, uh, you two stop. You two stop. Um, the show's no. been out for since two thousand four. The show's been. Out. Yeah. Um, no, he's not the Smoke Monster. No. Okay. Um, no, the pilot does show up again in. It. He shows up in flashbacks. One of the things that the pilot that doesn't, doesn't do a doesn't do doesn't well one of the things that the the pilot doesn't do that the show does from this point on is every episode is a character centric episode so the next episode episode three is a jack centric episode where you get flashbacks of jack's life you get to see jack before he was on the island and it tells a story that has similar themes and leads into what is happening on the island same thing with uh um walkabout which is the john Locke episode Tells you a story about John Locke before he was on the island to introduce you to this character and what his secret is. Um, they, and they go through that for every character on that you meet on this show. So you get a Saeed episode, you get a Sawyer episode, you get a Charlie, Kate, um, Shannon and Boone kind of get lumped together because they're brother and sister. Mm. Um, even uh, um Jin and Son get their get their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walt, Walt and Michael, like they, they all get their own centric episodes. Yeah. So, and that's I, one thing that the, the pilot doesn't really explore that much. You get into part two of the pilot, and it does give you the flashbacks of the crash from everyone's point of view uh, in the different scenes. But from this point on, the show starts focusing on 
each character individually. Well, that's something I do know that the show does, that Mm -hmm. there's a decent amount of flashbacks. There is something called, I guess, flash forwards and like flash sideways Mm -hmm. eventually towards the end of the show. Like, I know that it does all of that. Um, and I remember distinctly one one person I used to know actually kind of somewhat complaining about that. Uh, mm. The fact that, like, there was, I guess, a handful of episodes that they were, like, half the episode, whoa, 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 whoa. it's like half the episode was a flashback, and then you're back in normal time. But then if you would have missed, like, these five seconds in the episode, none of it would have made sense. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the like very, very, very few quotes I remember some of my old friends telling me about this. This is a show that you can. This is a show that was not designed for the cell phone generation. Uh, It also it also. Well, I mean, it was made in 2004. So obviously, I mean, it's not because we were, you know, there wasn't like it was like you said, you know, TV by appointment. You made a point to Mm -hmm. watch it like uh my wife, when she was younger, her and her best friend, I think, would watch like One Tree Hill. I think it was. Yeah. And yeah. dirt and like during the, the commercial breaks, like they'd be on the phone together, wouldn't say a word, and then when the commercial breaks hit, they would talk about what they were just saw, and okay, then yeah. when it would pick back up again, they'd fall quiet again on the phone. Yeah. So one of the incredible. one of the things about that, that like the, the mysteries and the character investment of the show, is really what hooked me in. Like. I thought I like watching it. I thought it was more the more the um, the mystery that was having me come back every week. But rewatching it the first time around, like I rewatch this is the first show I rewatched before the final season because I was like, "There's a lot here to unpack. I want to revisit all of this before the final season." Mm-hmm. Doing that, I realized this show this show is about the characters and how they change, how the island changes them from who they were before and who they are after. Um, that's what the show is really about. It's about the characters. And I think if you know enough about, if you know, like the first season of the Lost was one of the biggest hits of television history. It mm-hmm. won the, it won the Emmy for prime for uh, drama that year. Uh, it became a pop culture phenomenon uh, to the point where that year at the Emmys, uh, Conan O'Brien's making jokes about NBC passing on Lost. Hmm. Um, and then the, the next year when uh, they do a, the opening sketch at the Emmys where, where it's a uh, Conan O'Brien crashes on an island and he meets Hurley and uh, th- they find a hatch in the in the jungle that will take Conan to the Emmys. And he's like, you coming with me? And he's just like, nah, dude, oh. we, we weren't invited this year. Uh, <laughs> Oh man, I re- oh god, I remember that. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well, so this this brings up something that I kept like they kept really kind of sticking in my mind about this. I feel like JJ Abrams mystery box concept and ultimately lost as a TV show is a thing of the past. We don't get TV shows that release really the way that Lost did anymore, right? Sometimes Disney Plus will wait a week to like release an episode of a thing. But what really made this show for me was the mystery box where the conversations that you would have afterwards was the fact that it's not really bingeable and there was no way to binge it to get those questions answered at a really quick pace. Part of the fun for me was Alan running up to you and being like, 
What was that that I just saw? Sure, yeah. I know this thing about Saeed that I always wanted to know, but that doesn't matter because now there's these eight other questions I have. And I remember one time you were like, Devin, Devin, this end, the season finale, Frozen Donkey Wheel. That's all we know about it. And I was like, Frozen Donkey Wheel? <laughs> frozen Donkey Wheel. And like for weeks, I was thinking about Frozen Donkey Wheel. I forgot about the frozen donkey wheel. I never forget about the frozen donkey oh, wheel. Oh man, because they they were teasing like yeah. They would troll the internet cuz this was not late enough the internet didn't exist. Like yeah. they were on Twitter talking about season finale guys, frozen donkey wheel. Yeah. Um and I'm not going to say what the frozen donkey wheel was, no. but yeah. Frozen yeah, donkey and like, wheel. So, but- but like that doesn't exist anymore at all. It's a show comes out with mysteries and you got to get to the end before the internet spoils it for you. Yeah. So the, um, my favorite moment in either one of the episodes, yeah. um, was with Saeed, um, ah. where, uh, I mean, the one character that I actually really liked, uh, the bigger guy, I forget. Hurley. His name. Hurley comes over and like he's talking to him and he they're talking about you know like how he knows the stuff that he knows and he he looks over and goes the Republican guard and Hurley yeah. just kind of like freezes and I'm just like ah, ah that was actually good I like that I, <laughs> Ryan if nothing else I implore you to watch the show just for Hurley just watch just for Hurley just watch like you just watch the show for Hurley and you will not be disappointed. Oh, he's so good. Uh, you... One thing I did, and you might hate me for this, is that <laughs> instead of watching the, the episodes after, because um, I was watching it on Hulu, I went through and I read all of the quick descriptions for like oh, the next right. two seasons. So like, I know what those told me. So I have kind of like a basic outline. Those are um, very, even yeah. like, so I can, I have the book here that has, for my DVDs that have the <laughs> descriptions and they're still pretty vague. Um, yeah, they're still pretty vague. So they, they don't really give you much. Um, no. And I think that like, even the online ones are even worse. Um, like the, so, the tail section. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I watched the DVD, I got a commercial about uh, t- for season two, and it, there's no new footage in it. It's just like the survivors will find out they're not the survivors they think. They're not the survivors they think. And it's like, that's such a weird way to promote the second season. It really um, is. But yeah, I remember by season two, everyone was invested in what's in the hatch. Yeah. Um, which and, you don't like- get to see the hatch in this, but... It's just, I don't know. Do you, are you guys with me that like this kind of show wouldn't be either as big of a hit or made this this way, and that this was really a relic of its time? It definitely is because even I'm trying to think of anything that's close to it now, and the only thing I can think of is Game of Thrones. But even that had the books that you could follow along with. So if we're not talking about like in terms of cultural relevance and cultural impact, just in terms of storytelling, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of Netflix shows. So a lot of the Netflix mysteries, Netflix dramas do a little bit like this, where 
the beginning of an episode will be really interesting and really great. The middle, like, 30 minutes of an episode will be completely boring and almost nothing. But they'll set up a mystery at the very, very end of the episode so they get you to click on the next episode again and continue your binge. I so feel like, like that's the only thing that does it that way now. So Stranger Things. It's exactly Stranger Things. Or, oh, there was a couple of other shows that I was using as an example back when this was like my hot button issue. But like, that's how Stranger Things is, where it's like 30 minutes of almost nothing. And then like a twist at the end, you're like, I got to watch the next one. I think the, the one that does it now uh, is only Murders in the Building. And maybe that's why I'm so inclined to like that show is because that does set up a new mystery at the end of every episode. Like you learn yeah. more, but then it, it does set up like, well, wait, what about this? But that's also just a who done it, so it's it's a bit different. Westworld yeah. came up on a list of things that do mystery boxes. Like that was one. That was also a bad robot production. Oh, uh, that's fair. So. So Ryan, if you don't like the mystery box thing too like too much, was this like every time the the show like asked a question, were you like, nope? Ask what question? Like it was like, oh, there's a mysterious thing in the woods, or oh, there's a mysterious voice, or oh, what is that? Like every time the you show is like, here's a grand thing. I don't like, even oh, see right. it like that. All I yeah. see is setup. I see setup. Yeah, because it's a pilot, and to me, that's just a setup. Just what it does. Like the pilot of Will and Grace mm-hmm. sets up the rest of the show. <laughs> Why did I go back to Will and Grace for that? I don't know. Maybe I was I'm trying not... to go for the same time, yeah. <laughs> the same era. I'm not I mad guess. about I don't the know. Will and Grace reference. Well done. Um, so Ryan, yeah, I, yeah, you you said before we went live that you were not going to watch the rest of the show. Is that still the case? I. I will give episodes three and four a chance. Okay. okay. But I, one of the things I was thinking when I was watching it and like, again, you two are the first like outspoken people that <laughs> I've like hung out with and I've, you know, gotten to know really well that are like outspokenly positive about the show, like mm-hmm. from beginning to end. Um, almost everyone that I know loves the first couple seasons. Mm-hmm. It's the tail end that people start to fall off on of people that I I knew in the past. Um, And the one thing that's making me kind of like, huh, is whenever I've seen people talk about it online who Mm -hmm. bring up issues that they've had with it, Alan, you've made, you've said this thing a couple times. The one thing that kind of prevents me from like, being like, yeah, sure, I'll dive right into this, is the lore. There's lore. You need to pay more attention to the lore. Like, is all of that lore explained in the show? Or are there, there aspects of things that you need to, there, s- like, get answers from some it, from like some other source? It's a weird thing. If you want to <laughs> deep dive in... So, you there everything you need to know for the, sh- for the show is in the show. You just have to be patient and watch all six seasons. If you want to dive more into some things, there were, they did alternate reality games between seasons four, three and four. And then between four and five that I played one was find oceanic eight, one, five. 
or Shadenic 815, uh, where they each week you would have to go in and f- play different games and solve different mysteries to to do this expand like just deep dives into this journey of this crew looking for the wreckage of oceanic 815 mm-hmm. um not necessary for the show adds a little bit if you if you want if you i i it, the the alternate reality games were more like a comic book tie-in to like star wars like if you want to learn more about okay. captain fat how captain phasma escaped uh, Starkiller, St- Starkiller base in The Force Awakens. Read the comic book, but you don't need to know that for The Last Jedi. Like yeah. she survived. That's all yeah. you need to know. There's that. That there's that stuff. If you want to learn more about um, the people behind the Dharma Initiative? You can. There's stuff about that online. Uh, even to the point where, when you watch the finale and there's all these unanswered questions, they released a prologue that just straight up answers all of the questions that yeah. you have. Um, but Ryan, you also have the, the benefit of asking me about things that happened on lost. Um, <laughs> one, one of the stories. Oh man. I, I'm going to tell the story on the, on the show, whatever. Um, do it. Do it. She, she can't get mad at me. She, she got mad at me last <laughs> week. She's not getting mad at me again this week. Uh, it's your birthday. When, when my, when my wife and I had just started, like just started talking. Uh, I don't even think we were dating at this point. Um, she was at a, a a party and Lost came up and they were trying to figure out what was the name of the show that the two characters that showed up in season three that were in for like five episodes and then killed off. What was the name of the show that they were on? And she couldn't think of, she they couldn't think of it. And it was stumping everyone at this party. And she called me at like 1130 at night to be like, Hey, what was the name of that show on Lost? And she didn't even have to finish the question. And I was like, expose. She's like, thank you. Uh, um, and then she proposed over the phone. And it was meant to be. Um, it's funny. Uh. Lost has come up twice this week at work. And I don't know, like from, from students that I work with and it, I, I didn't bring it up. They brought it up to me. Um, and the, a lot of them are like, S- S- do you like Lost? Like the whole thing or just the like parts of it? I was like, I like the whole thing. I will, I will tell you where the show goes wrong and why it ended so quickly. Um, Cause it hits the point where they do flashback episodes for every character. And then they do a, a flashback episode dedicated to Jack's tattoo. And then the yeah. network was like, okay guys, we, uh, we should uh, think about wrapping this up. Like what's, the, what's the end game here. <laughs> and then that's when they did, they planned out the next three seasons. Like this is what, this is how we're going to get to the end of the show is we're going, this is the story that we're going to follow from here on out. And that's when the show started heading towards its ending. Because the mystery, mystery box works to a point, but if you keep going, uh, mystery after mystery after mystery with no end in sight there's no point like if you're going to keep going if lost is still on the air 20 years later i would probably have stopped watching yeah but if you keep it going for a finite amount of time and you know where the story's going if you know even if you're not going to answer all of those mysteries if you know where these characters journeys is 
these character journeys are going to end, that works better than if you keep going with it. It's not a soap opera. It's it's a drama. It's a mystery drama that you can't have on the air for thir- for twenty years. Exactly. And that's where the frozen okay. donkey wheel comes in. <laughs> Good. All right. One so one last we, thing I want to bring up about this. Okay. Uh, my favorite part of this is that it very much takes place in a very definite time and place where you can definitely tell it's post 9-11 specifically because of <laughs> how everyone reacts to Saeed. And even sometimes like the, the, like the camera pans to Saeed and I'm like, okay, I know, I know what you think we're supposed to be feeling here post 9-11 America, but I'm, this is fine now. This is, this is okay. I think it was very interesting for them to like, they play into that a little bit. Yeah. But it, it doesn't, it's not what the character Saeed becomes. Like it's no, it's very interesting that they did that and then made the character what he is. And I think it, he's one of the more interesting characters on the show. He was the one that I was immediately drawn to again. Like, like, you know, like Ryan, you said you were drawn to the pilot. Like the second Saeed went on the screen, like, Oh, Saeed. I love it. This was the first time I've watched this show since I've watched Lord of the Rings. So seeing <laughs> uh, was he Merry or Pippin? Uh he was. I love how oh. no one knows. Like Devin, you're the res- resident Lord of the Rings fan and you still don't know if he's yeah, Merry he or was, Pippin. Nah, he's he's one of them. He's certainly yeah. one of them. But, uh, but but seeing him snort heroin in the in the in the loo. <laughs> uh, it's he's Merry. Hobbit dust. Hobbit he's Mary. He's Mary. Okay. Yeah, he's Mary. Uh, um, did you he's like his character Mary after get snorting that stuff? Did you like his character, Ryan? Was he fun for you? I, he, was, he was the. I. I was like, oh, the first. As soon as he was on screen, he started talking. I'm like, oh, a generic 311 band member stand in. <laughs> <laughs> Like I went straight not to even. the band 311. Like it, it's not even. It's more uh, Oasis once you get into like the yeah. shaft stuff. Well, um, oh, that's sad. His that yeah. scene of him like walking along going, "You all everybody." Like that like lives rent-free in my head all the time. Doesn't to me. <laughs> Does, I love it. It's so cringe, it's incredible. That's why I like it. Yeah, I used to have the, that song on my iTunes. I don't have it anymore. I'll to see if I can get it again. Um, I will say a, a good majority of the music on my phone is the soundtrack to Lost. Um, <laughs> and not, and not, not just the soundtrack, the, the scores to Lost. I have every, every score for every season on my phone. Uh, a lot of it, like a good chunk of my playlist that I play to fall asleep is from Lost. Um, okay. I know exactly two things on the piano. Yeah. I can, yeah. I can, if I have to, can pull out a little bit of heart and soul, but I can also pull out the, the life like sad death. theme. Yep. The life and death theme from lost. Cause you taught me to play it. I did. Uh, at a nursing home, I think. Oh, I did. That's right. Yeah. It was a green Ridge. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I can play that. I can play the, uh, I could play the, uh, there's no place like home piece mm. from this um 
they just they're just now starting to release the soundtracks on vinyl the one i have here is the lost live in concert that michael giacchino did ah that's um, cool which has a lot of the songs that i that i do fall asleep to on here like not because they're boring but just because they're it's like very peaceful and sad and violent yeah. and stuff um but oh man I, i'm glad i opened this because uh <laughs> that's cool yeah but this is one of the, this is one of my highlights of my lost collection is this yeah uh three-piece vinyl set so michael Kichino's done a lot I mean, I know he that's has. a bad, that's not a hot take. That's like ice cold, but like he's done a lot. Um, okay. We reached the point in the show where I think we're, we're done talking about the pilot of lost. So this is the, cha- mm-hmm. if you, if you're going to, if this is, if this episode at, at all has persuaded you to watch lost in its entirety, um, end the show here because we're going to ha- have Brian ask us, any question he wants about Lost, and we will answer it. Yeah. Um, so, if you're going to watch Lost, for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And with that, we're going to spoil Lost. So, Ryan, ask us anything you want to know. Ask I'm hoping away. you have a question, because if you don't, that whole setup was not worth it. So. <laughs> at least ask us uh, one, man. At least ask us one question okay. of one of the mysteries that you want to have answered, and I will explain it to you. I've heard several people complain about um, uh, about the island moving. Okay. What's that about? Frozen That's donkey, donkey wheel. <laughs> no, wow, seriously. Only funny so, to and I. This is going to sound fake, but I swear to you, it is not. Uh, there is a volcano in the middle of the island. Under that okay. volcano, it like. Deep in the earth is a frozen donkey wheel that is used to move the island to protect it from outside from the outside world. So at a certain point, somebody goes down and moves the frozen donkey wheel and the island vanishes. But that also explains why there's a polar bear on the island, because because that was one of the big things that people were like, why was there a polar bear on the island? Because the island used to be in a cold place where there were polar bears it then traveled to a tropical place. That's what I thought. That's how I read that. Is that wrong? Uh, I thought its previous location was snowy. So I could be wrong about this. Okay. Cause I thought I saw that in that training video in that prelog or prologue or whatever, where they were like, Here I think there, the questions. There, the there, I questions. think there are two reasons there are polar bears on lost. Okay. Um, Hold on. So Ryan, does the island moving like so? That's that's one thing that we're not like that we're definitely in agreement that the island just moves to protect itself. Does that like were people mad that that was the answer? That just like the island moves. I think it was the fact that the island moved. Period. Mm-hmm. So getting into spoilers with some stuff. This is one of the things that I think people don't like about the answers they got to the questions that are asked is some of the answers defy physics and defy, like there's a big religion angle to it where like there are gods on the island. Here's my thing. Yeah. You know how I joke about the Ninja Turtles 3. Yeah. Okay. The reason being 
and this is and, and this is real. This is the real reason why I don't I don't um I don't like the third one. Mm-hmm. And it's because my mind can only go so far with a live action Ninja Ninja Turtles movie to where when you add another layer of just like stretching reality it's just too much and it's too silly and i can't get into it Mm -hmm. so when you add time travel to the teenage mutant ninja turtles in a live action film it's too much Mm -hmm. even if the movie has it's a really cool visuals you know the ninja turtles and samurai outfits in japan you know in that era of japan's history is really cool there's a Mm -hmm. lot of cool visuals in it i'm not gonna lie but it's too much for me yeah what i saw in that pilot to the fact that the island can move itself to protect itself mm-hmm. because of some. All right. I've, I've got that's I've, too much for me. I, I can answer. <laughs> I, well, I mean, it, it's pretty, it's pretty out there. I'll give you that. The, the, the frozen document on the island moving tie into the polar bears. And I'm glad I looked this up because I wanted to say it. I wanted, I wanted to say this, but I wanted to confirm that I was right. I wanted yeah. to read you this article that I found verbatim and this is this is canon to the show. Okay. Uh, the Dharma Dharma Initiative discovered the island by looking for places in the world containing exotic particles and electromagnetic energy. A small pocket at the lamppost station led them to giant pockets on the island, uh, where they discovered the underground frozen donkey, strange donkey wheel. Um, the wheel uh was designed. I'm not going to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, the initiative knew that they, they could use the, uh, the energy could be used to teleport people through time and space and build, built the orchard station to study it. They planned to train polar bears to turn the wheel rather than risk hum- rather than risk using a human. That's why the bear cages were on the other Island designed to reward bears for turning a wheel. Okay. I flat, flat forgot about that. I forgot they were trying to train the polar bears to turn a wheel. Yeah, that I wanted that's to make sure that was funny. the case. But yeah, that's, that's why the, pol- the polar bears were there from the Dharma Initiative to 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 turn the the frozen Naki wheel. Got it. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. but like I, I think that's part of what people have a problem with with the show is that like the they set up these questions and, and you know maybe it is a bit like the the Force Awakens kind of thing, right? You set up this question like, oh my God, who could who could Ray's parents possibly be, or why is she so special? And then and every go, time someone asks about it, they cut away. Yeah, but then they're like, oh, she's a Palpatine. People, well, we didn't like that answer. And like, oh, well, why is this island so special? Why is all this weird stuff happening? And the answer is, it's a special island. I, and I like, there are, yeah, and people I, don't I, like that. I think, well, it, I, I think go, using the polar bears for an ex- explanation, like, I didn't need that whole explanation for the polar bears. Like, why are the polar bears on the island? Oh, the Dharma Initiative was using them for science reasons. Like, that's... yeah. That makes sense to me. Like, if you're going to have a, a group of scientists on an island studying things, sure, bring a polar bear. Why not? Why not? Why not? Um, so, my thing, and I feel like I might have been one of those people, because if I did watch this, because as I'm watching it, I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I did not know the polar bear showed up that early, for one. <laughs> I was really surprised when this polar bear showed up in the second episode. Um I told Kristen after I was done viewing it, I'm like, if I would have watched this premiere, I would have been so excited because I would have been like, because one, I wouldn't have been checking the internet right. for any of this stuff. 
I would have been, the show's called Lost. They crashed on this island, and there's this thing stomping around, making everything shake. And then it eats a guy out of a plane that's propped up against a tree. I think this is like a modern Lost World show. This is going to be amazing. Oh, uh, yeah, it's certainly not that. Because, I, because you know, it's like, I was seriously trying to watch it with, like, my head clear. Yeah. And, you know, just take everything I've ever heard, just throw it out, and just let myself watch it. And, like, I was definitely getting, like, Lost World vibes. Mm-hmm. And I would have really liked that. But I know where the show goes, and that's not what it is. Mister. So, like, that's... I, I have a feeling that I would have been one of those people very, very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, I probably still would have watched it if, 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 you know, I was home and, you know, the schedule would have lined up if I probably would still been watching it. But, like, that's what I was getting. Like, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Uh, yeah. So, real quick, I just want to read the last line of this article about the polar bears and the frozen docking wheel. The polar bear yeah. mystery is actually one of the best explained and consistent plots in the entire show. <laughs> Rich reading this, Rich reading this, it kind of is because it is it's yeah. a, like you're introduced to it in season one. They re- revisit it in season three without you knowing it. And then it's explored again in season five. So it, it, and it, it is consistent. Like there is a reason for it and it makes sense in hindsight. Yeah. So any other questions yeah. for Lost that we can spoil for you? Yes. Ryan? It's okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. That was a good question. That's a good one, though. All right. Well, that officially does it for You Have to Watch This Podcast. Um, you can listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. You can watch our podcast on YouTube. Uh, watch us live on Twitch and like us on Facebook and Instagram for some more fun social media reels uh, and memes. Uh, and also check out all the r- other Rum Runners Podcast Network podcasts, including maybe the one Devin and I do just exploring the rest of Lost. Maybe, maybe. I really I really want to after watching I do too. this, by the way. I do too. Like I, I held think, off. It, I'm all in now. I held off on watching more of this until we talked about it. We still need to come same, up. Exact same. We, we need to talk about what, what the show will look like and have an like, actual angle for it. Because if it's just rewatching yeah. Lost, that's one thing. But I want to, I want to try to put a spin on it. Um, you have to Lost this podcast. You, you have to go back podcast. <laughs> we'll um, get there. We'll, yeah, we'll get we'll there. We'll workshop the name. Um, you all, everybody, podcast. Uh, <laughs> until next time, for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan, and I'm Devin. And happy birthday, Devin. Uh, Aww, uh, birthday, wait, 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 wait! I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Um, who whose picks next? Ryan, what's your next pick? Yeah, it's Ryan. Ghost. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh yeah, ghost. Uh, tune in next week wait. for Ghost. For you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And um, if we can't live together, we're going to die alone. That's from Lost. It's touching. Really I'm, touching. And I'm going to teach all you guys how, how to. How to use a pottery wheel. If that's not the meme for next week, <laughs> I'm gonna be real mad. Oh man, <laughs> better be shirtless. <laughs> oh man, we'll see you next week. <laughs>